right, hi, we are live. You've got Luke and Kyle here, and we're going to be talking a little bit about Sonar and, and hopefully relaying it back to this awesome event here that we've got. We're super excited to be able to share a little bit of uh, what Sonar is telling us about, you know, the, the ocean and trade market. So, but first off, Kyle, how are you doing today? We're back and we're standing. Clearly, if you've watched with Sonar, mm -hmm. we're normally behind the desk. <laughs> We're, we're, we're taking a little side, sideways progression here. No, we're behind a, behind a TV on your screens. It's been a great almost seven days, seven business days. Yeah. We're, we're going back to, uh, so we're ending off the Global Supply Chain Summit, and it's been a lot of information. I'm drowning really here. But today being really containers, yeah. international. A lot about we're containers. We're talking a lot about China. Yep. So it's going to be an interesting way to see what data we have in the Sonar platform that can help us kind of look at risk in a different yeah. way. I, I, think, I think that's a lot of it. So traditionally on this show, so for those that aren't aware, we typically do this show with Sonar on Wednesday afternoons around 3.30. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about just the overall mar freight market as a whole. Uh, trucking is a big part of it, but also ocean. But today we're going to look, I think, a little bit more on the, on the planning side of things, right? When we, when we think about ocean freight, ocean freight really does affect the containerized market affect you know, it trickles down into intermodal, into truck truck. It's the load. beginning of the order. When we start talking about the progression of the order, how things come in, a lot of things that are distributed throughout the United States does come in from a port. Think about 80% of containerized freight, or even truckload freight, sorry, 85% of uh, truckload freight comes from a port. Yep. So this becomes the first domino to fall when disruption starts to occur in the right. trucking market. Yeah, and, and, and that's something that, you know, as, as we look at that upstream effect, it's really important for, you know, when supply chains are beginning to plan for their operation, for their intermodal operation or their truckload operation, this is where you have to start. This is, right. this is a wonderful place to, to look. If you want a forward or a leading indicator, just, just look at where the freight originates from. And, and that's right. what we have on the container side. And it's always been a kind of an afterthought. I mean, yep. there's a set amount of capacity normally and what we've all learned this year is that uh, these, these vessels and these carriers really control the capacity more than we even think. You know, right. we have blank sailings. We had a lot of things just to ensure that we are having capacity, um, but also profitability towards the carriers. They don't sure. want to give you too many, too many vessels <laughs> out there. We don't want to make sure that we're, we're oversupplying the market because then price is going to drop. We don't want that to happen. But you know, a lot of people that we talk to, which are forwarders and which mm -hmm. are shippers who deal in, uh, in international trade, this is usually a constant. They don't have right. to worry about this because we're normally just, okay, I'm going to negotiate this contract, what, once every two years. And there's usually not a lot of things that happen unless we have some sort of presidency come through or something of that nature. But at that right. point, I'm already, I've already planned. I've already done my due diligence there. Yep. And so this year has really changed that. Yeah, and, and what's, what's unique, too, about, about the, the ocean transportation side of the supply chain is it's very, you know, it, it's, it, there's a lot less players in the game, right? When you think of the ocean carriers compared to, say, you know, a truck, in the truckload industry, right, you've got, you know, you've got something like 2 million registered motor carriers. Obviously, probably not that many are actually moving freight, but when you think about the ocean side, you know, you can go down a list and, you know, 10, 15 ocean carriers probably control approximately 90% right. of you know, capacity. And, and that's something that, you know, you, you have, when you have that, right, you, you really need to be able to plan accordingly because they're, they're playing the game just as, just as, just as much as everybody else, right? right. They're, they're exposed to geo, geopolitical events. Uh, they're exposed to these capacity changes. And, and when, when those changes happen, you know, they realize when their capacity becomes more and more 
uh, you know, valuable and when it's less valuable. Right. And so when it comes to sonar, so sonar, for those of you that maybe don't know, we, we have a, a market intel platform that really has been focused more towards the trucking market yeah. in the United States, really domestic focus. But we, over the past year, and what a great year to, ha to have this come live in, we've started to look more at international. Yes. And so for those of you that have been just like, Kyle, Luke, get out of the way. I'm trying to figure out what's behind you. What do we, what do we got here? Yeah, so let, let's take a look. So first off, this right here is our inbound ocean TEU volume index, which is a mouthful. Basically, it's just an index that we that we're, we're measuring bookings data, right. right? And the bookings data is transaction data that gets captured when customers book with the ocean lines, right? right. And they, they book their shipment and we're able to see how many TEUs that's going to translate into, right? And we've got a really, really good sample size of mm -hmm. coverage here. It is an index value because we don't see 100% of all bookings, but we do see a very large sample size of it. Um, so that's what this is representative. So the blue line here, we're looking over the last year, Okay, so basically the past 365 days, so this is updated as of yesterday. And what you have here is this, this TEU index. So this is, this is the amount of TEUs coming into the United States on a daily basis. It's a daily ticker. And so from a bookings perspective, though, it's, so we're looking at, so from here, so if we're looking at today's data, this is right. actually what's planning on being booked at the countries of origins. Yes. So we're not only just seeing what's coming into these ports, but at the time, so at this moment here that we're looking at, this 186, this is actually what's planning on being shipped at the country of origin before even coming to the United right. States. So companies that heavily rely on customs data or even their own information, this may be completely brand new because now we have market bookings data. Mm -hmm. So yes. that's just a substantial data set that has never really been seen before. And I'm, and I'm glad you said that. We want to be very clear. This is not customs data, right? right? We do have customs data in here, and we can take a look at that. We might in a little bit. This is very specific. This is bookings data. So when we're looking, point right there in that corner, right where the, 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 the white line and the, yeah, and now for $36. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah. Back to the screen. Back, back to the screen. screen. Yes, point there where the white and the blue line meet. That's today's date. And that, that blue line there, right where it ends, that's, that's what was booked and effectively loaded on ships at foreign ports bound for the United States. So that'll take, you figure, approximately two to three weeks before right. it actually hits U.S. soil. So essentially, and, we have the rear view mirror here that is this blue line. Right. And so from, from here, this date forward, we're actually giving you a seven-day look at what is planning on being booked at the country of origin in the future seven days. Right. And because this is something that's happened, I'm going to say it for the fifth time, at the country of origin, <laughs> um, this is giving, depending on the country, because we can go port specific, we can go country specific, right. it gives you that leading indicator, that signal, that, 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 hey, there's a disruption coming. There's actually now more freight coming into or going to be leaving this market yeah. or this port over the next seven days than there really has ever been. Yeah. And, and what's really unique is, you know, it's kind of like, oh, wow, Luke and Kyle, we're looking seven days in advance. Amazing. But like, no, remember, that's seven days out from when those shipments are planning on getting loaded mm -hmm. on ships at foreign ports. So you figure it's approximately, you know, four weeks right. ahead of time before it will show up in customs data. And, well, even with that being known, like this is a seven days. This is a flexible date. So we have bookings as far out as they're coming in. Right. So we have bookings that are six months out, but we just felt for a representation point of view, that is something that is most accurate. Because people are constantly adding TEUs, they're adding shipments, they're, they're adding things almost all the way up until that first week. And these seven days are just the most concrete that we right. felt 
and we would just, we, but we can always very go Very little change in those, very little yeah. change in those, right? But there is change. Now, it is a, let, let's go ahead and take a look at a more specific, um, you know, point of origin here. So we're going to look at the port of LA, and let me back this up just a little bit. Same thing, we're going to look at a one-year time frame here. Mm -hmm. So same data set. Again, this is the bookings data. You've got your blue line there, which is the next seven days. Uh, of what's going to come. So again, we're seeing an uptick again, or a forecast in, in bookings right. um, coming here. Or I guess it's not a forecast. This is the bookings, they're, they're, they are what they are. Their orders mm -hmm. are going up here over the next seven days. So not quite on the high there that we saw. Um, I guess that was in uh, the early February, but we would expect that. Yeah, so bit. what this is, we had the run up to, to um, Chinese New Year. So we all right. know, and you know, Port of Los Angeles being almost exclusively the the inbound port for China, mm -hmm. and, yep. and so that that's really what we're seeing there. And this massive drop is due to the fact that China was shut down. Yes. But you know, one interesting thing, Luke, that I kind of wanted to see, and we'll see how it how it comes to fruition. But it almost felt like Chinese New Year was so needed for the Port of LA because. It almost, there were so many vessels that were just hanging out out there in the bay that just were waiting to get unloaded, and we kind of needed that little bit of, of rest just to get things ran through the system uh, a little bit because we were such a, such a backlog. Yeah, sometimes we do need that breather, and, and we've seen we've seen import volumes. If we if you if we look at customs data, um, which isn't up here at the moment, but when we did look at customs data, I'll pull it up here real quick for us. So we've got it right here, and I'm actually going to get rid of these extra lines. Um, so we'll pull this out here. So you've got the blue line, the blue line here, that is year-to-date shipments that have cleared customs. So Correct. not the bookings yet, this is what's actually cleared and delivered to U.S. soil. The green line is 2020, right? So just to be able to compare. So we see that green line there. See that massive run up there where we hit that top right up there, right before Talk May. Talk about a deficit, my man. I oh, mean, that's yeah. just Big continuing and to... A, and then a massive run. And then we, we came down a little bit, but notice the levels, right? Super high. This we we hit. These are some of the highest import volumes we've 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 seen in, in a very very long time, um, potentially all time there with that with that short spike. Uh, but that 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 does create a lot of congestion. And of course, we did see the dive down there, which we see a dip down there on the on the bottom right of the screen, and that's representative in the bookings data that we did see on the previous chart. We did see that dip a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. and this is where it shows up. So that, that's really nice to be able to see that story. And of course, I'm sure something a lot of folks are familiar with, obviously a lot of volume on here. How does that translate to actual you know, pricing? Let's just go ahead, bring this out. So we're looking at a one year time frame here. So you've got the blue line, which is the past year. The orange line is 2018, 2019. The green line is 2019, 2020. Um, so this is the average rate US dollars there on that right axis right. of a TEU to ship from China to a North American West West Coast port. This is just an average rate, your benchmark rate from the Freight This Baltics Index. I mean, look at this run down yeah. here. April May, we're sitting at what, fifteen hundred bucks a container? It's 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 really weird because uh, naturally, if we're looking at the seasonality here, we have sort of a rundown after the beginning of the year. So this is both for 2020 and the beginning of 2019 that these rates were starting to come back, come back down. Maybe it's caused usually by you have Chinese New Year here, but new contracts that are going into place. Mm -hmm. uh, but a completely different story that's completely happening different. because we're also seeing more and more contracts going up to date, not only just on the trucking side, but on these RFPs that are going out with the with these large vessels. It's 
well, we're renegotiating rates that are significantly higher than what we're normally used to. And we're going from already elevated that we saw in the fourth quarter to, hey, we're getting even more elevated. So Parabolic. It's, and it, it is, especially when the trend seasonality has always been the opposite effect. Right. I mean, we're almost $5,000 on, on average per container. And that's assuming you can get capacity right now, which you may not be able to. Right. Depending on depending on your buying, power. you can get capacity. You just may have to I wait mean, yeah. wait a couple months. And yeah. <laughs> if you want that price that you negotiated on, that's where price versus service is going to become a big factor. Yeah. And it is already being talked about all across the board because okay, I I need to make sure that my products are here at a certain time. Well, yeah, the average rate is here, but in order to get there in the next two weeks, yeah. you're actually going to need to pay a little bit more. The fireside chat that we saw right before we were on here, they were talking about, you know, some of potentially, you know, investing in some of the ocean container stocks. And I've seen some of the stocks that have, you know, like that, that, and they've just, from the large ocean carriers, the publicly traded ocean carriers, I mean, some of them are up, you know, 100%, 200% from their, from their bottom in March. Containers are the new year. gold. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's, there's just, just a lack of containers, specifically international yeah. containers. And so they, they have to go back eventually. And just that life cycle just is, is not a short one. Right. It's not just like overnight you, get, you can have that container back over there. Right. It it's could be a couple months before a single container can do its life cycle from yeah. beginning of order to back, coming to the United States and then back. Right. And, and, and speaking of containers, something that I found really interesting, and when I say I, Kyle, you were the one that brought this up. I'm going to attempt to steal a little credit here from Kyle. A little thunder. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, but, uh, you know, in reality, it all, all goes If you've to you. watched with Sonar, it's, it's happened once. It, it's never going to not yeah. happen. So I, it's I will take credit as often as I possibly can. But yeah. anyways, no, Kyle, this is your chart. Explain to us what we're looking at here. So on top of just the, the, the oceans, the maritime data, the, the great trucking proprietary data that we have here at Freight Waves, we also have rail data. And so the, the interesting thing about the rail data is that we track over 90% of containers that are moving around the United States, both domestic and international. Right. That being interesting is because international containers are being extremely focused on right now because, shocker, international commodities can only go in international containers. You can't have just a domestic, something that's staying in the United States be transported into an international container. So we're tracking the empties. That is the biggest talk about right now is like, okay, how are we going to get this back and how can I start tracking another leading indicator of where are, where are international containers starting to peak so I can know those commodities are starting to get filled. And so what we saw here is actually a, an extreme, in, so right here is about, if you hover here, Luke, it's probably yep. what, February 16th or so. And, Sounds about right. And yep. so we saw a massive jump that's right at about, I would say, 6,000 containers coming into 600. Six, or six, yeah, 600 down here. Yeah. Uh, in that, per that were day. Empty, That's the daily index, by the way. Yeah, that were empty coming into Los Angeles yep. to where they're at now at over 1,700. So, I mean, that is just confirming that we are, the, we are sending back these international containers yeah. in LA, so most likely going back to China to then be refilled. And when we say international containers on the intermodal side, basically what that's doing is that's just looking at the containers that typically ship over the ocean, right? Your, your 20 right. foot, your 40 foot. The 53 foot intermodal containers that are typically used for you know, intercontinental use here in right. the, or for the continental use here in the United States, it does not include that. Right, so this is specifically for that international size that you know is easily you know just take it off the chassis, put right onto the rail line, right. and that's what you have here. Yeah, so a massive surge up. So obviously the rail lines 
are expecting a big surge here, and I'm messing with my earpiece, a yeah. big surge in that volume to come at the port. I mean, because that's, we haven't seen that all in the, this is the last six months that we're looking at here. Right. That's the highest we've seen that. Uh, and this, for those empty containers to come back to LA, get ready to get uh, some, some good freight. Yeah, and to happen in approximately a 10 day period is insane. Let's and back this up a little further. See what we're looking at over the course of a year. Yeah, it's the highest, highest it's ever level. Been. Highest level. I mean, it just makes so much. We can't just, we can't make them fast enough. So what do we have to do? We have to start shipping them back. So yeah. that's where we're starting to see that that big spike, which is a good thing for us. I mean, to, yeah. to get that off the. I mean, it's good for the rail lines because now you don't have as many empty containers. I mean, we all know having empty containers doesn't really move the needle on money. So you don't, if you don't have product in it, it's not moving money, and and so that's that's a good sign for at least. Uh, you know, down the road that hopefully will have a little bit of a less resistance of getting your containers on other vessels. And so now we got a couple minutes left. A couple minutes. Let's talk a little bit about trucking. Now, how, how is this going to start shifting how, you know, that LA area, start, I mean, it's already volatile enough. Already volatile. I mean, we, we've, seen, we've seen rates for LA, you know, spike all over the board. I mean, and, and it's not just, not just that they're straight up. We, it's, it's a lot of volatility, right? Because sometimes they have gone down. You know, LA to Dallas is a big lane. LA to Chicago, LA to Seattle. Mm -hmm. And we've seen those rates just go up and down. Right now, LA to Seattle, extremely elevated. And while that's not traditionally a good lane to begin with on the trucking side of things, right now it's even worse than it was this time a month ago. Right. So we're continuing to see that volatility pick up right now. And, and a lot of that's just due to, you know, the excess freight that's coming there. A lot of, and, and a lot of this is due to that import volume. As, we've, as COVID hit, we saw a lot more import volume. It was needed to get to the U.S. faster. Right. So a lot more of that was shipped to West Coast ports as opposed to East Coast ports, which typically take a little bit longer. Right. And they decided we'll just truck it across the country. So that caused a lot of congestion, yep. caused a lot of volatility in pricing, mainly to the upside. A lot of shippers were bypassing their DC networks. Yep. So you were going almost directly to your locations, whether you're coming directly from, I mean, look at Peloton, pretty much delivering yeah. straight from ports. And, and so, and then addition to, if you watch with Sonar, two weeks ago, we had Kyle Lintner on. Yes. And, and so we, I mean, we kind of talked through this and called this out that that storm going through Dallas wasn't just going to affect that East Coast trade. It was going to continually affect that because now this, this the lane from LA to Dallas was one of the most profitable lanes that we had on the market. So now less people were wanting to do their normal lanes. So we already had more people doing out, right. or we already had so many people that were outside of their network carriers that were stuck. Those routes were, you know, just completely shuffled, which meant more spot market, which meant more rate per mile spikes. Yeah, it's, it's a really neat store to be able to pin it all together, right? Because you're looking at the bookings data, which is really far upstream. Then you get to the customs data, which gives you a picture of you know what's actually finally you know hit the U.S. soil. Right. Then you can see you can also get a leading indicator here with the intermodal data, which I love to see what's coming back and what's what the rails are expecting to get resupplied. And then of course all of that then trickles down to the trucking market, um, and how that will will be impacted from everything that happens really far upstream. So right, a lot a lot of good stuff there. Um, we're getting close here towards the end of time. We're about to uh, about to part ways, and uh, you know. About to We're shift excited. it to the celebrities. I know. The, the shows, the show hosts over show here. Show masters. No, but if you want to learn more about Sonar, you can feel free to reach out to any of us on LinkedIn or any social media, or just go onto our website, sonar.freightwave.com, in order to put in a demo request form to learn more. Or just leave a comment in the chat, and one of us will get back to you. But anyways, in the meantime, 
Uh, super excited to have you all here at the event. Hope everybody continues to join it. We've got Dooner and the, and the dude, Vincent, coming up next. Uh, and they've got some really good stuff for all of us. So we're excited to have them on here. But they're always rock stars. We know that. Uh, so hopefully we'll uh, stay tuned to hear more from Dooner and the Dude. Take care.